the things I hope you've noticed is you've probably studied Jonah before, uh, and I, I hope you've seen that you can study you can study Jonah over and over and over and, and still see different kinds of things. It's a story. It's a narrative. One of the reasons it's so important to, to, to begin at the beginning and teach all the way through is it's going to lead up to something. Most of you know probably how the story basically ends. But as I said before, it, it, it's so rich that you can see three, four, five different levels of meaning, as in any good story. But this is a Bible story that happens to be true. So hang in there because... This week, we're going to hit bottom. We talked about storms last week. This week, we're going to hit bottom. Ever hit bottom? Ever think you've hit bottom and then you realize you hadn't? There's a deeper bottom? (laughs) I thought I went through this before, and it's even worse now. Is Jonah repenting, and we're going to see some of this this week, is Jonah repenting and saying something like this, uh, something like, my sin against God is so terrible that I deserve death, just kill me. Or are his motives exactly the opposite? Is he saying something like, I'd rather die than go to Nineveh. Kill me before I do that. Is he simply giving in to despair and giving up take my life so is he submitting is he rebelling and despairing I'm not going to open it up because we take the whole class just wrestling with that because some of you would say he's submitting some would say he's rebelling some would say he's despairing and you'd probably all be right to some degree it's what's so wonderful about this book It's so much like us. Are Jonah's motives and intentions any more orderly and coherent than ours would be in such a moment of peril and crisis? Jonah probably doesn't know. He may. He may. Um, One of the things that we, we did talk about also last week is this wonderful little article. It's April 9. 2019 in the Gospel Coalition. It's at the Gospel Coalition website. It's called Strong Churches Speak the Language of Lament. In other words, strong churches allow people to grieve and to struggle and to walk with them through even though we may not have all the answers. We can listen and we can be there. You remember from from this article, he says, looking back, I can now see that the missing element in our grief when they lost this child was familiarity with lament, heartfelt and honest talking to God through the struggles of life. Heartfelt and honest talking to God through the struggles of life. And then he says this wonderful thing, my heart longed for the minor key tune of lament. He's not saying... We should all be miserable. We should all be martyrs. We should all be unhappy. He's he's saying, no, 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 no. Part of human being, part of being a human being is grief and sorrow and rebellion and storms 
and hitting bottom. And the Bible doesn't just skim over these things. The Bible walks with us, gives us guidance, direction. We saw from Psalm 42 and 43 last week that those two Psalms show us how to go through hard things, how to walk through hard things, how to pray through hard things. God knows. And he doesn't just say, have more faith, believe. He shows us how. The Bible, this may be shocking to you, but you know this. You've read the Bible. The Bible is full of pain and sorrow and suffering. And by the way, sex and violence. But it doesn't say these things are good and affirm them. It shows us how to deal with them as believers. Let's read the passage. We're going to finish the whole first chapter today from 7 through 16. We're going to leave one verse because it really connects with chapter 2. And then they said to one another, the sailors, come let us cast lots that we may know on whose account this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots. And the lot fell on Jonah. And they said to him, tell us on whose account this evil has come upon us, this storm. What is your occupation? Love that. (laughs) I couldn't help but bold. What is your, by the way, he never answers What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? And he said to them, I'm a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, what is this that you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Interesting. And then he said to them, and then they said to him, what shall we do to you that the sea may quiet down for us? For the sea grew more and more tempestuous. And he said to them, pick me up, hurl me into the sea, then the sea will quiet down for you. For I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to get back to dry land. But they could not. For the sea grew more and more tempestuous against them. Therefore, they called out to the Lord, O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life and lay not on us innocent blood. For you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah. Here's this word again. They picked up Jonah and hurled him. The word is used a number of times in this book. Hurled him into the sea and the sea ceased from its raging. And the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. <laughs> so, so much so much here. Jonah hits rock bottom. He gets thrown into the ocean. What does he know that might happen once he gets thrown in? Uh, you can see in the outline, he, he finds his ship, he shuts down, he hides his true identity, his occupation. But there is a glimmer of hope, it seems. 
um, love this quote, and I don't know if you can, you can see this, but James K.A. Smith, it's a book that I would recommend to you. It's called You Are What You Love, um, says this. What if the opportunity to confess is precisely what we long for? What if an invitation to confess our sins is actually the answer to our seeking? What if we want to confess our sins and didn't realize it until given the opportunity? In other words, what if... This is so counterintuitive and so right. In other words, what if confession is the desire of every broken heart? In that case, extending an invitation to confession would be the most sensitive and loving thing we could do and the greatest gift to seeking souls. I'm sorry. Jonah's beginning to move in that direction. <laughs> and we're just going to take it a few verses at a time. He's beginning to move in that I'm sorry direction. Somebody recently uh, told me that, you know, the, the two hardest things to say in the English language are I'm sorry and Worcestershire sauce. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, Hey, Brad, I think of that uh, quote there, just real quickly. Um, you know, we talk about telling your story, and I think people want to tell their story, and we need to give them an opportunity. And it would entail confession. Uh, it, would entail, it would entail our stories, not just the good stuff that happened in our life, but the, the, the weak limbs and the hanging limbs of our, of our person. And uh, so I just think of... of that's so connection, uh, the connection to me. Yeah, there's, uh, there, and there's, there's models through that, obviously, throughout the Bible. Well, we'll, we'll see Jesus talk about Jonah later in, uh, in our uh, series, Matthew 12, Luke 11. But contrast, it, 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 it's hard not to, to, to think through the contrast of Jonah and, and Jesus. Um, you remember Jesus in the garden. I think that sometimes we... We, we forget that Jesus has got to go through the cup to get to the cross. And in many ways, now obviously the, the cross is the worst for Jesus, but you could almost argue that the cup is. Where Jesus, in a sense, hits bottom. Here's the cup. Will you drink it for them that don't love you? In fact, many hate you. Many want nothing to do with you. Many have strayed from you. In fact, your, your disciples are sleeping now from sorrow. They've fallen asleep. They can't even stay awake with you. You're all by yourself. Luke twenty two forty five. Then he rose from prayer. He came to the disciples and found them sleeping for sorrow. I think that's what Jonah's doing in the ship, in the boat. And Jesus experiences this. He he fa faces it. He he's alone. He prays. He goes to the Father. My soul is very sorrowful, even unto death. And going a little further, he fell down on his face and prayed, O oh, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, 
not as I will, but as you will. Jesus, uh, Jonah's saying, I'm out of here. I'm not doing that for whatever reason. Um, He could be afraid, probably. He could be a nationalist, probably. He could be saying to himself, the word of God is only for Israel. It's not for Nineveh. We know about those people. They're different from us. They look different from us. They talk differently from us. It's not for them. I'm not doing that. So he takes off, finds himself in a, in a storm. Jesus looks the storm right in the eye. I know the resurrection is essential. We live resurrection and glorified lives as Christians. But you know what? And, and I, I warned you, we're kind of hitting bottom this week. It's going to get better. And I said last week, you got a certain number of ticks in your heart, and God controls that. But you're going to die. Some of you have lost dear ones, many of you. Husbands, wives, children, grandparents. We're going, to have to, we're going to have to go through the cross before we hit the resurrection, every single one of us. Get just, you know, in a very American kind of way, sort of skip over it and talk about the happy. And it does get happy, and it is eternally joyful to be in the presence of Jesus. But here's Jesus, and he hesitates in, in a sense, but he takes the cup, unlike Jonah. He doesn't run. Your will be done. Jonah says, my will be done. I'm out of here. Jesus is a willing sacrifice. Father, forgive them. It is finished. He bows his head and gives up his his spirit. And not only is the contrast between Jonah and Jesus... It's between us and Jesus. All we have to do is is find a little bit of silence. It's harder and harder these days. Read God's word, think about it, meditate on it, and, and how can you not put your palms up and say, I'm sorry. How can you not put your palms up and say, I'm a sinner? And, and I think he's absolutely, it's the most freeing thing in the world. You know, one of the things, you know, I, 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 you heard me probably, you're tired of hearing me say this from the communion table. Um, don't come, but don't leave. No better time. To drop your weapons, to say I'm sorry, to confess, to sing, to come to Christ. Taking the Lord's Supper won't convert you. You've got to run to Christ and trust him. But we are so much like Jonah, are we not? I'm so much like Jonah, chief of sinners. I'm not pointing at you. <coughs> We're so much like Jonah. And that's why it's so encouraging in so many ways. Do you remember the, uh, when Jesus does go to the cross, the, 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 the two thieves there, 
And one says essentially, well, you've got the power. Get us out of this mess. One of the criminals who was hanging railed at him, Luke 23:39, railed at him, are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. Get us out of there. Get us out of this. Get out of this pain and suffering. And he deserves to be hanging there from all we know. Thief 2, 2341, Luke 2341. We are receiving the due reward for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, it's it's wonderful. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. How much like that? Yeah, we've been both of those. Lord, get us out of this. Get us out of this. You've got the power. You're God. Get me out of this. We're receiving the due reward for our deeds. Remember me when you go into your kingdom. Today. It was wonderful to be at uh, Jim Baird's graveside and hear all the kids give, and some of you know Jim, many of you know, all the kids give testimony to his influence in, in their lives. Today, he's with Jesus in, in paradise. Right? <laughs> Amen. Um, We are so much like Jonah, and Jonah is beginning, just beginning, to turn. And chapter 2, chapter 2, I'll just tell you right, he writes a song from the belly of a big fish. He doesn't ever call it a whale, by the way. You can call it a whale, you'll be fine. He writes a song and sings it. From the belly of the fish. It reads like the Psalms. It's, it's wonderful. I was reading um, a book by a group of, of di- Protestants in different denominations uh, over the weekend. And they were, they were saying over and over, though, over as, as our crazy world changes particularly the Western world, because, by the way, Christianity is growing all over the world except Europe and and America, North America. And obviously in some places it's not, but it's growing like crazy in many, many other places. Um, And and they were saying this, as we we move forward as Christians, as as evangelical Christians, and this, this may sound obvious to you, and I hope it does in a sense. I put it in the outline. As we move forward in this crazy world, our hope has to be found in the, in the scriptures, in the kinds of things that we're reading today. And we know that, but we have to be reminded our strength must be in the Bible as we move forward and get so discouraged and so mad and so angry and right on Facebook and on and on. 
But then they, they went on to say, yes, proclamation is important, but persuasion. Be willing to talk to people, to know what you believe, and to, to reason with them and to talk with them, and, and to listen to them. It's not just, a, I, I, and I'm becoming more and more convinced of how, how important persuasion is, rather than, you never know where anybody's coming from, even in Mississippi. But the last two were particularly humbling to me. Holiness, the world is watching uh, we depend much more, we will depend on much more on, on visible holiness. In other words, to be salt and light, people are watching. And humility. Um, the future church will, having lost the past trappings of worldly power and success, show the grace of humility. Now, it would be wonder if God, wonderful if God does what he's done many times in the past and brought about revival in our nation. We need to pray for that. We need to pray for that. But what's happening now is the churches are, churches are getting smaller. And the world is getting bigger, in a, in a sense. We just have to face that. And it's okay. It's okay. It's happened many times in the past. The challenge is to, to Jonah, to us, are we going to run from the word? What do we think about people who are different from us, who look different, talk different, act different, live in different places? Where are we going to find our escape? You can't escape from the presence of God. A wonderful song we sing here often. From depths of, of, of woe I raised to thee. From depths of woe I raised to thee. You know who wrote that? Well, what psalm is it based on? Any idea? Psalm 130. And it's an indelible grace song. You know who, who wrote that? We sing it all the time. You know what, what song I'm, I'm talking about? Yeah, okay. You know who wrote that? Martin Luther wrote that. It, it, it's wonderful. Though great our sins and sore our woes, his grace much more aboundeth. His helping love no limit knows, our utmost need it soundeth. Our shepherd good and true is he, who will at last his Israel free. How's it go? From all our sin and sorrow. I won't sing, because you won't want me to sing. From all our sin and sorrow, from all our sin and sorrow. Jesus sees the cup, drinks it to the dregs, goes to the cross, stumbles on the way, dies in our place, conquers death. And we're Jonah. But we, there's no need. Some people, and it does look like there's an element here in Jonah of despair, giving up. And we're going to see it again. He's going to give up again. He's going to, he's going to say again later in this, in this book, just kill me. I give up. No cause for giving up or running or despair when we have Christ. Our shepherd, good and true is he, who will at last is Israel free from all their sin 
and sorrow. And yet, remember, we can take great comfort in all of the confliction and all the struggle and all the back and forth and all the uncertainty that Jonah's experiencing because we're the same way. But we know something Jonah didn't. We know Christ. The cross and the empty tombs behind us. It was in front of him. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you again for this um, profound little passage this morning in chapter 1 of of Jonah. Thank you that we have have seen storm and we've seen Jonah hitting bottom. We've seen Jonah now being thrown overboard. And the storm ceases for the sailors and yet they try not to do that. They try to avoid doing that. And yet, uh, they throw him overboard. He doesn't know. For all he knows, it's over. Lord, as as we talk to you right now, knowing that you are listening, storms in our lives are real. Hitting bottom is real. Running from your word is real. Help us to remember Jesus Christ, even as we will come to his table this morning and meet him in the word read and prayed and then meet him at the table. We know that he's our hope. And goodness, we we can't hold Jonah up as an example and be like Jonah because Jonah fails. Jonah fails time after time after time. This is, this is in a very real sense, Lord, we know this, a story in search of an ending. And the ending, which is really the beginning, is Jesus Christ. Pray that in the midst of our storms again and our running and our hitting bottom, we remember Jesus. We would remember the thief on the cross that says, this is what we deserve. Please remember me. They would cling to to the word. We would talk to other people about the gospel and, and, and do it in a way that's humble. And that we would pursue holiness. That we would look more and more like Jesus. Jesus now, we thank you that you understand sorrow. All we have to do is look to the garden and the cup. We thank you that though we run, though we hide, though we deny, though we disobey, you continue to come after us just like God did Jonah. And you'll never leave us or forsake us. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.